This episode is sponsored by the Financial Due Diligence Framework Course. If you're doing any type of financial analysis and participate in M&A, strategy, or turnaround projects, you absolutely need to check out this course. By completing this comprehensive video course, you'll be strongly armed to analyze the P&L of any company and to be able to provide actionable, insightful reports. This course teaches you how to properly understand the methodology of how to conduct thorough financial analysis and what is important in financial due diligence. If you're looking for a career in transaction services in one of the big four, in a transaction services boutique, or to be a better private equity professional or M&A associate, you'll get a solid foundation to land your next job. And as a special offer, if you use the code SASDistrict, you'll get $100 off the entire course made specifically for our listeners. So if you're interested, go check out horizoncapital.com slash learn due diligence. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Akhil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SAS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how microacquire is disrupting the MA industry and a smarter way to exit your startup. Today, we have our guest back joining us once again, Andrew Gesdecki. You can check out our previous episode. If you don't know his backstory and his past successes, successes check out episode number 31. Um, so if you guys don't know Andrew, he's a serial entrepreneur, mentor, and the founder of Microacquire, where a, which is a startup acquisition marketplace that connects buyers and sellers and gets them into the right conversation. So welcome back, Andrew. Super excited to have you back. Kiel, great to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that intro. I'm just a dude with a hat with a startup. That, okay. <laughs> that, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> but, but, but good to be back on here. Um, our yeah. first uh, podcast, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. So thanks for uh, inviting me back on. No, no. Thank you for being back. So it's been over a year now. Um, a lot has happened with Microquire. I think recently what I heard is you just raised an outside investment round of about $7 million from some of the top-notch investors out there, entrepreneurs. So I'd just like to catch up. Let's hear about you know what are the big changes, improvements you're making at Microquire, you know, including expanding your team since we last chatted, and why the decision to raise versus continue bootstrapping? Yeah, great questions. Um, I'll start with the first question. So decision to raise money. I've had personal goals where uh, I've written it on Twitter where, you know, I think your first business should be a service business. Like just get the cash flow. You learn so much. Um, and then after that business, and usually a service business or an agency can lead, lead into a SaaS business or an, econ- an, an asset that you can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so step one, complete step two, complete. Um, and with microquire, what I started to find was the opportunity to help entrepreneurs was so massive. It supported, uh, raising capital and it allowed me to, the best part about it was allowed me to hire. I don't, I still am like, Venture capital makes no sense for 99% of entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. But with this one, it's less about, uh, you know, I guess the financial outcome for me. And it's more about uh, helping entrepreneurs succeed. And just like the stories that we get when like companies or entrepreneurs sell their businesses, we're paying for like weddings, we're paying like 
helping people pay off debt. Uh, we're putting like down payments on houses. So I thought, you know, this is something really special and something that the startup community needs. And I was getting to a point where I just, I could have kept bootstrapping it, but I was run- So last time we spoke, yeah, I was doing, and I was doing this all for free. Um, cause I just believe, I believe this should exist for entrepreneurs. Um, mm. but I was writing the newsletter. I was improving startups profiles. I was handling all marketing. Mm-hmm. I was writing all the content. <laughs> like I, like I almost died. Um, and now, uh, so I laid down the foundation. And so this is maybe another tip for entrepreneurs that are considering raising capital is really wait till you feel like you have everything in place first. So the business was already doing really, really well. Um, but since the capital raise, I've hired back my old VP of engineering, VP of product, my old CFO, my old creative director, my old head of content, uh, which led to, um, I don't know if you saw, I launched a publication called Bootstrappers, mm-hmm. um, to just bring more, you know, light and, um, you know, celebrate founders that aren't raising capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're just moving at a hundred miles per hour um, and having a blast. So nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, main answer to that was, uh, you know, I felt I could have a bigger impact. Um, mm-hmm. And this one just, this is a business I wake up every day, just enjoy running. Like it's the, it, I'm building like my, my, dream company. Um, and so I wanted to accelerate some of that, um, growth. So, uh, don't recommend it. It definitely Mm -hmm. comes with its downsides for sure. Um, I always say if you want to have a good financial outcome bootstrap, um, but if you want to change and really disrupt the market, um, it makes sense to raise capital. And that's, um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm. So I think, I think, Uh, you know, that, what what was the second question too? Uh, so you expanded <laughs> your team. Uh, oh yeah, why did you decide to raise and versus continue? And then you know just kind of what the big changes and improvements are. Uh, but I guess you know in terms of that, like you know you, you mentioned you put all your own money. This was you know bootstrap your your own capital in there. You did launch the the premium buyer service, so you know you were rolling in some ARR capital for you. Um, maybe just share, you know where are you guys in terms of size today on ARR basis, and then like where do you plan to deploy that capital from some of those changes? So right now we're at, uh, we're almost at a million just from the premium buyer subscriptions, which is nuts. Um, I, that's one of those business models, like every entrepreneur where you just wake up one day and you're like, let's just try this pricing model and it, it ended up working out really well. Hmm. Um, and some of the big changes that are coming up with microquire is, we're actually probably by the time this podcast is launched, unless you guys can get this out like really fast, mm-hmm. uh, we built a whole directory of um, M&A advisors, investment bankers, brokers. So we actually want to start working with brokers. We want to start working with investment bankers. We want to work with M&A attorneys. And we believe that'll help us... Um, uh, excuse me, that'll help us work with larger startups and more complex deals. Because mm-hmm. once you get over like a five, even like a two, $3 million exit, 
it could sometimes help to hire professional um, expertise to help close a deal. And so we're building a directory where you can hire these people at a much lower cost so you can maximize your exit. Really the ethos of MicroQuire is we're, our goal is to build the most founder-friendly marketplace in the world. And so um, we're, we've already onboarded like 50 brokers, some people from like Goldman Sachs, some people where I'm like, whoa, <laughs> um, everyone's like super supportive. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Super cool. And uh, we also have a valuation tool. So we're building out uh, I think of it as like a chart mogul, bare metrics, kind of clone-ish thing, but much simpler. Just big, pretty graphs. We're not going into like retention or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're bringing in real marketplace data on valuation so you can understand what your company is worth. And so you can log in and see, oh, my company's worth this much money. And then one click, we can port you over to MicroQuire and you can start meeting buyers for free. And And... I should also back up for, for people who aren't familiar with MicroQuire, we allow startups to sell their company entirely free. There's no commissions. There's no strings attached. We take care of everything. Uh, we only charge buyers on the other side to access the deals. So that ensures that you're only speaking with serious buyers and not just a bunch of random people reaching out with, you know, uh, a key old nine 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 four three, and I have no idea who you are. You know, <laughs> uh, so everyone has like a LinkedIn profile. You can do due diligence. Do you have full control over who you give access uh, to the private details of your startup? So it's completely private, completely anonymous. Um, but yeah, we're we're really just you know trying to make it easier for startups to get acquired. Uh, and understanding a little bit more on like what's going on in the marketplace. I'm, I mean, I'm curious. You know, to love to hear some more stats. Have you guys, you know, dug in and see, you know, what's being sold? Let's say in terms of average valuation, maybe days on the market before being sold. Like how fast are these, you know, businesses being picked up and percent being sold, and maybe average revenue size? Do you have any any stats around that? Um, let's start with one. There's a lot. One at a time, dude. Like, don't, 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 don't. don't You're a smart guy. I know, smart. You You can figure it out. <laughs> don't, don't throw stats test at me. Uh, what, w- one question at a time. <laughs> average valuation. Uh, average valuation. So we still let a lot of smaller startups come in. Um, because that was like how we started. We started with like really small listings. Mm-hmm. And now that's like grown. We have like listings that are selling for like we're we're like I think we're we're closing our first eight figure deal right now, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a blend, but when you average it all out, um, about half a million, half a million. Okay. And what's the typical days it takes before you know selling a getting a deal sold? That uh, blended. I don't, I don't have that number exact, but if I had to ballpark it, I'd say 90 days Mm, because we have some that sell in seven days. We have some Mm. that sell in 30 days, some 60 and then some six months. And there's a lot of variables that go into that. Uh, Like if you price it like insane, like, you you know, it might, it's going to take longer. Uh, if you price it correctly within kind of like market multiples, it'll sell faster. Mm. Um, dependent on the industry, 
Is it a mm-hmm. good business? Um, so there's a lot of variables around that, but if let's, let's assume, um, like, let me tell you like a recent scenario that was pretty, sure. pretty, pretty badass. Um, <laughs> so there was this, uh, a kid in India and, uh, he listed his company and, um, he sold it within 30 days, all cash. The buyer worked with him on, uh, a structure that helps with taxes, 250,000 in India. Like I, I think that's like, it's life changing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh, oh. And he was in college. He was a college kid. Wow. So the kid made half a million in college. Um, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get too close to the deal. I just heard the story and I thought it, and that, and that goes back to like why I love micro car. We changed that mm-hmm. kid's life. Like yeah. he's paying off his, mm-hmm. his student debt. Family. He has me. <laughs> um, but he sold within, uh, he had multiple LOIs and he went with the one uh, from a buyer that worked with him on reducing um, his tax liability. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just an amazing story. And we have tons other, tons of other stories like that. So it, it, it just depends like, um, you know, uh, how good is the company? Um, you know, how, how are you presenting it? Um, mm. how motivated are you to sell? That's another mm. big one. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of variables around that, but I, I love sharing that story and we have other ones too. Um, mm. uh, another recent one was, um, a company sold for like seven and a half million dollars. And the guy writes me an email and he's like, Hey, thanks for making me a multi-millionaire. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then my response back is like, Thanks. Congrats. You know, because yeah, yeah. we don't take fees or commissions. Um, I don't know where that's I'm going awesome. with that, but um, yeah, that's, just, that's awesome. just, just to give you some insight into like, um, if, if it's a good business and it's valued correctly mm-hmm. uh, and the buyer is motivated to sell um, and we have a bunch of content like how to sell your business. Yeah. Because uh, we're building the marketplace for founders. That's really important to understand. Um, so we create a lot of content on how to sell your business, not not how to buy a business, like how to, how to present it to buyers, how to negotiate with buyers, what is due diligence, what are the legal steps, like all the stuff I didn't know when I sold mm-hmm. my companies. Um, so we, yeah, we really just that that's basically you know um, what what fires us up at Microbar. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think uh, Pierre must have sent over a, a nice guest post you wrote together just on earnouts, right? Like just that piece of like the whole transaction, such a small piece, but there's so much that can go just into that conversation and hopefully yeah. can, can help you guys to, to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, curious to know, like so, some of the, you know, what are some of the, you know, deeper into those trends, like hottest startups that you're getting, that are getting the most offers, um, maybe specifically in the SaaS market, like is there a certain solution, certain stage or size, certain metrics, industry, or even you know geograph- ge- geographical trends? Like you see, these companies are selling fast, and uh, you know you want to be you know in this area or, or, or space. Uh, surprisingly, so Microcar is global. We're on we're on every continent. I always mm-hmm. joke we're on every continent because I said we're on every continent, and then one mm-hmm. guy was like, "Are you on?" 
Antarctica? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. we're not. <laughs> so we're, mm-hmm. we have startups listed. We have over a thousand startups listed um, in every continent, except Antarctica from the guy that pointed that out. Um, startups, uh, it just depends. I mean, we have over a hundred thousand buyers. So we have buyers in Europe. We have buyers in Australia. We have buyers in India. We have thousands of buyers in the United States. So I'd, I'd say it's a pretty good mix. Um, again, I'm not coming here with like hard, hard, hard stats. So mm. um, at the end of the month, we're, we're going to have like a wrap up of like, kind of this is like the state of the union of uh, acquisitions within mm-hmm. microquire. Nice. Um, but I, I would say it's a, it's a good mix um, in terms of, in terms of geography. Obviously, U.S. is most dominant, but we mm-hmm. do see some some of our biggest acquisitions have been outside of uh, the United States, which is pretty incredible. So we've mm-hmm. we've gone global um, without any effort, which is kind of my even, even I'm like, whoa, like uh, you're in Switzerland uh, and you built a great company and it's a profitable SaaS company and you bootstrapped the whole thing and this thing's going to sell and like, congrats. Um, I don't know the tax structure there, but, um, I think, mm-hmm. I think you're going to, you're going to do well. Hmm. Okay. Um, curious on, on the, the kind of valuation side, because I actually get approached quite a bit from a bunch, you know, different buyers. They're, they're looking to buy a startup. I will send them to you guys. So, you know, check out the deals, learn more, but I, but I do caution them, right? Because I love what you guys are doing, but what I've seen even myself is like, there is kind of some overvaluation, a little bit of you know hype because it's listed from the seller. Um, are you guys getting involved at any point right now, like suggesting valuation prices and maybe mix matching them with ten- potential buyers? Uh, right now, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we allow we have guides on valuations that we've written, like kind of what we see selling in the market. Um, my so when I sold business apps, my price was open offers. Um, mm. It wasn't four times profit. or I would never sell my startup for four times profit. No mm. fucking way. <laughs> sure, yeah. No way. Um, <laughs> but I always encourage entrepreneurs to have a valuation that they can defend. Mm. So some of the crazy ones are like... And we've, we've stopped posting those, but sometimes founders will go in and like edit the price up. Um, that's the that's a challenge that we're addressing with our valuation tool. Mm. Kind of like Zillow has like Zestimate for houses. Yeah. We're gonna have that, but for startups to really guide founders of like this is kind of like what like if you really if you were serious about selling your startup, like this is kind of the range. Um, but some some of the startups listed on MicroQuire are, you know, good strategic buys. So financial buyers are gonna value it completely different, but. Um, we have a number of corp dev teams in there that are more than happy to pay 10 times in recurring revenue. And people call it out. They're like, this is insane. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it just sold <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, so it, it just depends on, uh, the business, uh, the quality of the software, the team. Sometimes, you know, we see aqua hires into larger companies. So those insane prices, uh, don't sleep on them. Just scroll past them if it's not your thing. Like, trust mm-hmm. me, there's people that if it's a good business, um, uh, and there's always negotiations involved and stuff like that. But, um, 
Yeah, we are. We do try to uh, educate founders on correct valuations because we want to help them get acquired. And a big part of most startups not getting acquired on microware, it comes down to price. Like they just overprice it. They think it's worth more than it is. Um, But for also some founders, like that's that's what they'll sell for. Like they they're not interested in. you know, selling, uh, you know, at a lower valuation than what's listed, but, um, we're building this like really badass, uh, like value. It's, it's so slick. Like when I show it to you, you'll be blown away. But, um, <laughs> can, we, can we wet label it and use it ourselves? <laughs> uh, yeah, we've actually had like private equity firms reach out. Um, so they like when people reach out to them to sell it to them, you can connect like your billing metrics and then cool. you kind of, calculate like okay this is what it could be worth um but anyways um like if you're a shopify SaaS, e-commerce company a SaaS company um a newsletter because we've expanded into multiple different categories mm-hmm. we'll show you um what other startups similar to yours have sold for so you'll have real market data so instead of a broker saying like hey this is kind of like the range of like TTM profit times like four to six. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what's really selling in the market right now on micro mm-hmm. on microwire. Like this nice. isn't just a guesstimate. This is so you're using what, data from the actual sold and what's been selling. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, awesome. yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna. I'm super. We're 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 taking a little long. We're taking our time with it because we understand the importance of you know really. Um, providing the correct information for founders because mm-hmm. we don't want to release it and the valuations aren't, you know, um, accurate or we don't mm-hmm. feel they're accurate and they're never going to be a hundred percent accurate. Um, but it'll give a good range and then yeah. that'll really gu- guide founders. Then we might start adding things like, um, you know, founder posts a price, but this is kind of what like might require estimate, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so we definitely are, uh, that's, that's like one of the top, um, uh, items that we're, we're building out now. And that should be out in like a month along mm-hmm. with the M&A directory. And I think that's going to really kind of change the whole game for, mm-hmm. um, the marketplace. Speaking from the buyer side, because I know it seems like you're, you know, a lot of good things out there for, for sellers to educate them on. What are maybe some other you know biggest struggles you're hearing from from buyers who are, who are trying to make whether it's the first acquisition or you know many other deals with you know building the portfolio through your marketplace? Uh, probably access to capital. Mm. Uh, so we partner with uh, Clearco, so you can finance deals, um, e-commerce deals through Clearco, which they funded over two billion e-commerce companies. Um, definitely look up Clearco. We also have an exclusive partnership with Pipe. So you can get pre-finance to acquire a company, um, a SaaS company with a recurring revenue. So we have ClearCo for e-commerce, Pipe for SaaS and recurring revenue businesses. So that's a major holdup. And and then, oh, I'll tell you something cool, Akil. Um, uh, you, know, you know what an SPB is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on, um, a product right now, uh, where we're going to allow private equity funds to raise money with an SPV, um, completely streamlined where you can basically raise $30 million and then 
acquire a whole portfolio, buy everything on microacquire, just go on a shopping spree. Um, so that, that'll, <laughs> that'll probably be out within another month as well. That's cool. Yeah, and, we're actually and, looking to, to raise our funds. So something like that could be, could be good. Can we help? Yeah. Us so we're, we're partnering with a firm to do mm-hmm. that. So they already okay. have all the back office stuff. Um, but okay. it, it'll be smooth as, but like, like I've been working with the team and, um, I almost want to raise a phone. I'm like, this is going to be super easy. Um, <laughs> do it. So do keep it, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. That'll, that's that. I think that's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah. And again, that goes back to, um, you know, what we're trying to do at microware is just help entrepreneurs succeed. Right. And, yeah. you know, raising a fund can be a pain and management, back office, all, all that sort of stuff. And then we'll be allowing you to raise funds from other investors inside of Microcar because we have two groups. We have uh, we we have some uh, buyers that are um, uh, time rich, money poor, and then we have a lot of people that are um, uh, rich. Other, other, uh, sure, what is it? Uh, money t- rich, time poor. Money rich, time poor, and okay. so they would they would much rather just you know 100k into an entrepreneur who owns an agency that serves, I don't know, uh, dentists and they want to acquire this one company and they have this presentation and why they want to buy it. And so they'll be able to figure out a structure of um, how do we acquire this business and then uh, basically get um, roundup investors to, to close that acquisition if they don't want to go down um, financing with uh, Clearco or, or Pipe. Nice. I think you also partnered with, with Nathan at some point as well, right? At, at his company? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you can get financing through there. Cool. Um, so uh, we also hear, you know, companies we talked about, you know, posting, they're selling on microquire, but they're getting a lot of requests, a lot of LOIs, which is amazing. I love that. But some of them are maybe having trouble filtering or filtering out who are the serious buyers from just like, you know, interested requests. How, how are you maybe planning or helping them with this problem, other than, you know, you have that premium buyer program, which is, you know, a little bit of a, you know, some cost for them. Is there anything else you can, you know, think of like how to filter them out and get them, you know, serious or the right buyers? Oh yeah. We're, we're fixing all that stuff, man. Yeah, um, I, know, I know you're on it. I have, you, I have you, 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 you gotta understand. Um, <laughs> so microquare is a new company. Um, like uh, before we raised capital and it was just me. Like, you know, like I could only do so much. Um, my VP product is one of the most brilliant product managers I've ever worked with in my life. And I've worked with him in my life. And so, uh, well, one thing that we're doing is, um, so like when you go and request information, we're going to have buyers answer more questions to add more friction. So, how are you going to fund the transaction? How interested are you? What other additional information do you need? So when those requests goes to the seller, they can then organize based on, like if someone says, I love this company, I'd love to learn more, I have all cash, that will be prioritized in the request list. Because right now, they're all just kind of like summed up in a row. And mm-hmm. it's, it's still efficient. But we have a huge improvement coming in terms of uh, helping buyers gravitate towards the request from other buyers, or excuse me, sellers gravitate towards requests from buyers that might be a little bit more serious because they've they've spent some time. Like this is 
this looks great. Um, so just adding a little bit more friction. And then we also have some other cool plans. Like we're thinking like micro acquire platinum, where if it's a deal over a few million, like we're going to be asking for proof of fund. Do you have mm, access to that sort of capital? It's a good idea. Um, cause it's just a waste of time. Like if you're exactly. requesting information on stuff like that. Um, so, um, in, in 90 days, um, micro acquire will have pretty much every, um, cause, uh, the number one thing my, the number one thing my VP product did was he just talked to all of our power users, wrote down everything that we can improve upon. Mm, and great. now it's already in development. Mm, love it. Looking forward to seeing that, man. Um, so, you know, you guys are a new company, but there's also, you know, you guys are growing, you know, and, and leading kind of the space, but also a lot of competition in the space. I've seen a couple of, you know, copy, copycat pop up as well, trying to be the next micro acquire. Where, where, where do you guys stand on that right now in terms of your competition? I, I love competition. I'm, yeah. I'm a competitive person, but uh, like I'll give you an anecdote from business apps. So business apps, um, for those of you that don't know, I built a no code app builder uh, when I was 21. It was copied to the point where they copied like our bugs, which is kind of <laughs> cool. We had some, like we had some uh, things in there uh, with my name in it, like Gaz code. And then mm. we could search. Yeah. So my name Gaz is in there. Um, but um, it, it pushed us to be better and it pushed us um, uh, to move quicker. And I think competition in a market is a great thing because the more options entrepreneurs have to get acquired, the better. So I think it's a win-win net for the industry. And um, I don't want to take credit for kind of starting like this sort of like all these different options to sell your company aside from hiring a broker. But, um, you know, I, I think we've, we've really woken up the market of, you know, this model can work. Um, mm. and, and yeah, um, I lo- I'm, 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 I'm rooting for all of them to succeed. Nice. Love it. The, you're, you're, you're pretty open and you're, you're kind of sharing the wealth across everybody who wants to get into space. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's also, it's also a big market too. I mean, like we don't, yeah. like we're not, we're not, I always tell my team, you know, you know, we, we obviously, you know, play to win, we play hard and we play fair. Um, but we don't, our, our measurement of success is just how happy are we making our customers? Um, you know, how many, how many lives are we changing? And again, this sounds like a, you know, like a, a cheese sandwich, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's true. Like we, like we feed off of that. Like just hearing entrepreneur story, like we're writing a story right now for bootstrappers mm-hmm. where this person sold a company on microquire uh, for like half a million or something like that. And then they use those funds to start a new company that's now doing like 2 million in revenue. And so it's just, it's just super rewarding to like enable these entrepreneurs to do these things. And then we get to help bring recognition. Like, Hey, that's awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. congrats, dude. Like you're killing it. Um, so, you know, we, we want to be known as a company that just helps entrepreneurs succeed. Um, we don't want to be known as like, 
the dominant player and like we're better than everybody. No, we're just, you know, microquire. Mm-hmm. We're we're here we're here to support entrepreneurs and encourage and inspire and uh maybe change a few lives along the way. Seems like you're you're fueling that kind of cycle and ecosystem, right? And that's generally how you know these these ecosystems are started is you know a few few uh you know, really successful entrepreneurs have their exit, and then you know they, they usually generally give back to their their city and community, and start investing back into more inv- into entrepreneurs, and, and you know it kind of builds that that cycle. So you're kind of adding fuel to that fire, and it seems like it, it it's a win win across, right? That you're you're not even seeing the long term impact of what you guys are doing yet. Yeah, this is this is my decade business. Like, um, yeah. uh, like fun fact, um, before I started Microquire, uh, and I recommend this to other entrepreneurs too, if you're thinking about starting a business. Write down the customer you want to serve first. Write it, write that down because um, microquire it's built with love. Like I ran over, you know, I ran over. Yeah, you, yeah. you remember last yeah, time I was. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have a, what was <laughs> you had I no remember? time to. I think you were like under. You were, I think you were like a three grand in ARR or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I ran over free for like a year, and I yeah. I loved it. So mm-hmm. every Tuesday, every Thursday, I'd write a newsletter. That takes time. Like I was working till like 12 at night. Um, but it was like my video game. Like I just <laughs> really loved what I was doing. Um, and, you know, fast forward to today, um, you know, I, I think, you know, again, just going back to, you know, the amount of entrepreneurs that we think we can help, um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what point I was trying to make with that. Um, it's all good. <laughs> but um, long story short, just have, having an absolute blast is probably where I'd sum it up. Yeah. I mean, I think you're saying you're, you're building something that you see you, you want to do, you love, and you'll be doing it for oh, the long yeah, term. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is my, my Mona Lisa. Um, or mm-hmm. What's that? What's that term? Picasso. <laughs> your Picasso. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> There's a term I've heard where it's like your best work. Uh, it starts with an M. Uh, okay, we'll just go with Mona Lisa. Okay, um, okay sure. Uh, this is the one for me. Like, this mm-hmm. is the startup I could see myself running for a decade. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how, how many entrepreneurs I can know. And I guess you're also doing acquisitions yourself, which is, which is pretty cool. I think... Uh, Maybe if you can share a quick story about your own recent acquisition, I think it was Exit Round. What, what was that? What was the goal there? What was the idea there for Microquire and kind of the ecosystem there? Yeah, that was... So I just bought the, the, the just the domain of Jacob. Okay. So Exit Round was a startup acquisition marketplace. Uh, they raised like two, three million in funding. Uh, it was launched by a VC. Um, couldn't make it work. Um, and I think it was more of a timing, a market timing issue. Uh, their model was uh, aqua hires. Our model is we help bootstrap founders sell mm. and uh, just bought the, the brand essentially. Just said, hey, Jacob, what do you want for the brand? Because um, we didn't, none of the assets that they had was worth kind of like Jimmy rigging and because we're working off like cutting edge technology. Like my VP of engineering was telling me the other day, he's like, the number one thing I love about microware is like, and I'm not that technical. So I'm glad he told me this. He's like, mm-hmm. we're running off all like the most 
advanced, um, the newest technology, like the newest server infrastructure, uh, and so their their software assets um, weren't there. So we just bought the brand essentially. The thought behind that was just, um, just kind of just establishing, you know, like hey, we're kind of you know looking to lead the space. Mm. Um, and then I got a lot of good feedback from Jacob of what not to do. So that was mm. that was probably the biggest value add. Because um, learning what not to do um, could probably save us like a ton of pain. And so uh, it, yeah. it really it really wasn't an acquisition. It just mm. bought the domain. Got it. Did you just three three one redirect that over, or did you keep that live? Yeah, it just redirects now. Redirected, nice. And it, and it had a bunch of SEO traffic. Yeah, um, so that, was, that was another reason we bought it because um, they were featured in a bunch of um, you know uh, tech pubs, mm. and so we just redirected. So we got a little bit of SEO juice, um, and we did like the calculations of what we think the traffic could be worth, and mm. um, made a bid off of that, and then that was that. Makes and sense. I actually and I actually talked to someone else. They were like. Um, uh, uh, I was on a phone call. I won't say with who, but it was another individual um, who I've heard from so many people that are like, I was thinking about starting like a micro choir thing and you finally did it. And uh, I got on the phone with someone and he's a well-known, um, uh, uh, he runs a P firm that you would know, um, but I won't mention him. Sure. And we're talking. He's like, "Have you heard of X Round?" I was like, "Yeah, go to xround.com. and it redirected to Microsoft. <laughs> he's like, "I try." He's like, "I tried to buy it. Like, how'd you uh-huh. buy it?" <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I don't know." I got early access, man. <laughs> you got the goods yeah. up front. <laughs> if, if you were starting, you know, something new today, do you have any any ideas or like opportunities that maybe you would tackle or see big opportunities in SaaS? But it's on the acquisition side, investing or, or startup, anything you're interested in or maybe recommend or, or see? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I I always say uh, make a make a bet on something that's not obvious today, that's obvious to you, that will become obvious over time. So for me with MicroQuire, I just felt this needed to exist. You know, you have Product Hunt for discovery, you have AngelList for investing, but there was absolutely nothing on the the exit, which is arguably one of the most important parts of the founder's journey. And there had been previous attempts to make it work. Uh, and I think after X around, everyone kind of concluded like this sort of model doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, so with all these startups being created, Google, Apple, you know, a strategic buyers aren't going to be buying all of them. Um, and then we saw the rise of um, a lot of financial buyers, private equity groups. So that was my bet. I was like, we're going to see like entrepreneurs are cashing out, like seeing exits, IPOs are happening. And a lot of these individuals, um, and and, I, and I, I was right, but I could have been wrong. I could have been dead wrong. So I made um, an obvious bet in my mind that acquisitions was going to turn into a growth lever for startups. Um, people were going to be starting more private equity firms. People were going to be looking to buy companies rather than start companies. And so I made a marketplace around that. Um, and I could have been wrong. I, I could have been totally wrong. Mm-hmm. So I would I would look beyond what 
is hot today, like B2B SaaS, like, you know, remote work, stuff like that, you're, you're probably, um, late in those categories. Mm. And then this, this is in response of like, how do you build like, you know, a market disrupting company? Um, so that's, that's my thought process. If you're looking to really disrupt and rewrite the rules of an entire industry. Um, but there's so much opportunity to just look at Salesforce and find one feature in there and build a whole company around that and just do it better. And you could probably sell it to Salesforce. Uh, That's like way, way harder, uh, way easier said than done. Um, but, Mm. Um, I really like niche businesses. I see a lot of those on microquire. Um, just a CRM for anyone. Just make it very, very specific. Um, so mm. it just depends on your goal. If you want to build like a big company, you need to make a non-obvious bet on something that will become obvious over time. Uh, but if you want to build, say, a one to ten million dollar business, you know, uh, like I just uh, had an interview with. Um, Nathan Barry from ConvertKit and he had a newsletter going and he was um, working with MailChimp and there were some things that MailChimp did not. And, and he just built like a, a slightly different version of MailChimp. There's so much opportunity in software right now because the markets are so big. Um, I mean, so I guess that that's probably where I'd recommend most entrepreneurs look is look at products you use and if you feel like there's a one feature in the product that you just love. Um, see if you can maybe make a similar version of it. Um, double down on that. Um, and you could have a you know multi-million dollar business on your hands. One one add-on question on oh, that. Oh, 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 I want to add one more thing. Okay. Or, or, okay, or, get get, or, or get lucky. Okay, let's see. Maybe you're reading my mind. Let's hear it. <laughs> or, or, or just get lucky. Like get lucky? literally. That's like true. That. Right marking, right timing. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's what happened. That's what happened to me with business apps. Like, I just got lucky, and so that that strategy works too. <laughs> Sometimes, I think it was more than more than luck if you had you know a couple of success exits. But uh, what what about the founders that are listening in, or maybe you know marketers or people who don't have a tech background, right? Like they want to get into SaaS. I get this a lot, right? A lot of people just, hey, I want to get into SaaS. I don't I have maybe some money. I have this idea. I've got this market. I see. But I don't. I'm not a CTO. I'm not a software engineer. And maybe they want to, you know, hire it out, outsource it. Uh, good question. So I can I can speak for myself personally. So I'm not yeah. technical. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the microquire service exists. <laughs> no clue. Uh, my VP of engineering does. Um, and he's he has those things locked down, um, like it's in a safe in uh, the movie Inception or something like that. <laughs> uh, but um, I would recommend hiring an agency and then saying, Hey, I'm looking to acquire a SaaS business. Um, would you be willing to help me with due diligence and then also with maintenance afterwards? I see a lot of buyers doing that. And some people will say like, no, you need someone in house, but you can always move to in house later. So if you're looking, so if you're not technical, number one, I'd recommend starting you know, small, like don't, don't bet the farm on like one, you know, like yeah, yeah. if you're not sure, like how you're going to handle the technical aspects. Uh, yeah. Just find an agency that you trust and that, uh, cause they agency, I love working with agencies cause, um, they have a product manager, they have engineers, um, you know, they have a, they have a full team ready to go. 
And then it's not a, it's not a fixed cost. It's a variable cost. What that means is you pay them by the hour. You pay them like, Hey, I just want this one feature built rather than like a bunch of W2 engineers where you just kind of got to keep feeding them stuff to do. Exactly. Um, Cause they're on your payroll full time. Mm. Uh, so I would, I would recommend a good place to look is, um, clutch, clutch.co. Okay. Um, just type in clutch web development agencies and then talk to a few um, and go for one that you have a really good relationship with. Um, mm. And uh, and then start there. And then if the business really starts taking off, you can use the additional revenue to hire people in-house. That's that's what I would do. And that's what I've seen work for others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is a challenge. If you're not technical, like these are software companies, it's not real estate. Um, so maybe try something else like e-commerce or one of the other deals out there. Yeah, yeah maybe go simpler. Yeah. Maybe go e-commerce. Like mm-hmm. Shopify SaaS is probably what I recommend. Because um, mm-hmm. so, I actually I bought um, a Shopify SaaS company mm-hmm. for like hundred thousand with some friends, um, just to kind of go through the motions. Um, and then we hired an operator, um, and that's that was a ton of fun. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. but what's great about Shopify SaaS is everything's baked in billing, analytics, uh, everything. Um, so Shopify SaaS is kind of like SaaS with training wheels. Yeah, e-commerce much simpler because it's also hosted on like a Shopify platform, big commerce, WooCommerce, etc. Um, Long, long, long-winded answer, but I, no, I, super I, helpful. I hope that I hope that helps. That was definitely helpful. Um, and just a bit, this is great. I just want to get into a couple of rapid fire questions, if that's cool, before we we wrap up. How how how, how rapid? As fast as you can speak. I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to give? Do you want to give me like a give me give me like a second? Like how many seconds I have to respond? Uh, a minute. Let's try to cram it in a minute. A minute? You can you do it in want- a minute? I right, take a sip uh, well, of water. <laughs> uh, okay, let's 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 go with the first question, and then if there okay. are like layups, then we'll we'll, we'll we'll reduce it down. Okay, okay. So you're you're a CEO of a leading company. You know, obviously quite demanding now. You're at the stage where you've got a big team to manage, I'm the capital to deploy. Now. How do you measure your leadership success with your team now? How do you measure your own success now? Happiness. Happiness. Okay. And, and I'll and I'll expand upon that. So okay. with the team. Really, your only job as CEO, in my opinion, is to make sure that everyone is um, happy in their roles and they have everything that they need to succeed. They feel supported, mm-hmm. they feel encouraged. And obviously, you know, we can go down a rabbit hole of like all this other stuff you got to do. But when I mean they have everything they need to succeed, they have a clear vision, they have an understanding of what their role is. Um, you are there to coach them each week. Um, I do one-on-ones with everyone on my team. Um, so really you're just, you know, a coach. Um, but I truly believe that if you build teams where they enjoy, like they're passionate about the business, no one will ever be as passionate about the business as the founder. But if you can get your team to like really, really like be passionate about what you're building, you can get 20 to like 30, sometimes like 50, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at more mm. productivity out of each individual. And then it just makes everything so much easier. Like if you're going to start a company, you might as well have fun doing it because the founders that go the distance are always like, you can't build a company 
for a decade and hate it the whole time. I'm sure yeah. some people have done it, and I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. So, so for me, it's happiness. I I like to get to know everyone I work with, not just on a professional level, but a personal level. I like to know what do they want to get out of business, or excuse me, uh, microquire. Um, because I fully understand you're not going to work here till you're 50, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so so hap- happiness. So we're both in our kind of early 30s now. You know, have young children now, or you know, two or three year olds. So different decision making on how we approach, you know, business life, and you know, you know, putting family in in a, in a different priority. What's one piece of advice you wish I had known, and you would tell your 25 year old self today? Uh, life is a slow moving river and to not force things. Uh, like for example, after I sold Altcoin, mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was going to do and it kind of freaked me out. Um, I didn't have any business idea. I started kind of mulling on and um, microquire. Then I took a CRO role at Spiff where I managed your sales team and marketing team. Um, just because I didn't have a startup idea, and I, and I was playing Madden all the time. I, I I became the number ninety eighth uh, top Madden player. It was getting <laughs> my wife was like, "You need to just start a company or, or get a job." And I was mm-hmm. going to be an advisor at this company called Spiff. Look look Spiff up. They're mm. they're badass, and they're that whole team is amazing. But they automate commissions for large sales teams. Um, I'd use their competitor, so totally fit. Um, but um, my CEO coach just said, Andrew, just calm down. Like, you know, mm-hmm. let, let opportunities come to you and don't just jump on the first thing. And this mm-hmm. can apply to acquisitions. This can apply to jobs. This can apply to startup ideas. You know, when something really special comes along, you just kind of feel it. And I can also apply that thinking towards microquire as well, where I have a journal entry that says, and I've shared this publicly on Twitter, if you dig, um, where I, I wrote um, in December of 2019 before I launched it, like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work, but I think it should exist. And it looks really cool. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it worked. Um, but my, my point there is, you know, keep shooting shots, understand you might miss a few, but just, you know, keep getting up, but don't force things. Um, mm-hmm. And so with microquire, I didn't force it. I just loved it. I kept going. I was consistent. And over time, the brand built. People started actually acquiring businesses. Um, so I guess another way to put this would be to, to, to think long term. Mm-hmm. Like it took me nine years to build business apps. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to build businesses in like a year and become like a billion, like a billionaire or something. Like yeah. it, it, it rarely works out like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so your tech, your 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 arch nemesis, the, the the tech crunches of the world, right? And that's why you built the bootstrappers. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, and then uh, in terms of like family, you know, family is everything. Like mm-hmm. everything. Like uh, my wife's my biggest supporter. Um. My son's first word was poop. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> put that. Yeah, it was kind of funny. He started pointing at my dogs like poop. And he's like, poop, poop, poop. <laughs> um, but just don't miss out on those special moments. Like if you're building a company, because it's so easy to get like 
5 a.m. You're working all day. Um, but you know, don't don't miss out on like the opportunities that like you can't get back. What are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow microcar? Meaning, what's keeping you up at night these days other than in the two year old? Honestly, honestly, nothing. Nope. And I and I say that with, awesome. with with full confidence. And I think mm-hmm. I did a couple of hacks that I got kind of lucky with. Um, mm-hmm. num- number one, I only hired people that I had previously worked with. So we just were having so much fun right now that like our our morning standups are like it's like a comedy stand-up, like, <laughs> you know, like we, we were laughing together. Um, we're building something that I really think will disrupt um, acquisitions for startups ranging from a million all the way up to a hundred million at one point. Mm. We have big aspirations. Um, everyone is just an all-star. Um, like my team has allowed me to focus on the things that I really enjoy doing, like doing this podcast with you, Keel. Like, dude, mm. so, yeah, so fun to catch up with <laughs> you, dude. Like, um, but I, but I kept telling you, like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And then now, right now, my team, um, like the company just kind of runs itself. Um, and I just get to focus on the things I enjoy doing. But I mean, what, what really keeps up at night? Uh, mm. I mean, I want to give you a good answer here. I want to, I want to, I want to, because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Something uh, in the back of your mind, right? Just like, I just need to uh, give a little more time or a little thing that's bothering you. No. I would say right now I'm kind of struggling with um, the amount of requests I get um, for podcasts, for partnerships, for come speak at my event. And since the last time we spoke, um, Mm. and this is a topic I have with my CEO coach next week, I was like, I'm getting hit up. Like half my emails now are like, can you help me here? Can you help me here? So I'd say that's one thing I'm, I'm still trying to figure out is, um, you know, how to, how to better manage my time, I guess you Mm. could say, Mm. um, with just so many different, you know, partnership opportunities or, uh, you know, podcast requests or speaking events or, mm. you know, marketing collaboration stuff. Um, so that, that, that's right. And that's minor. Like it's the answer to that is just say yeah. no. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up here, Andrew. I, I guess I know people listening in, it's up to you if you wanted to share this, but I know you have something going on after Saster. Do you want to talk about that? If any, if you want to invite anybody listening in or, or should we pass on that? Yeah, no, come to my house. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, I, I, <laughs> <At> the taco <laughs> truck. <laughs> yeah. Do we have, uh, is this going on video? It's going video audio. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, uh, so that we'll, we'll get this up pretty quickly and, uh, yeah, I think you can, you can you can email him back with the bro. Oh, nice! Does. I got it right here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so so, so I'll, let me show you. I'm gonna put two pictures in front of the um, screen. Okay. So we got this one. So if everyone wants to meet Andrew, what's that? That's a bunch of drinks. That's a bunch of right? beers, nice, uh, waters, and then I asked my uh, creative design. Literally, so this was at 10:56. We started recording at 11, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, now it turned into this. So right after I get done, wait, uh, 
Modelos plus Marks. Ah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, so the idea was just like, hey, I, cause I'm, I live like two minutes away from this Aster uh, conference. Mm-hmm. Are you going, by the way? I'm not. No, I'm, I'm up in Canada right now. So, can't yeah, it's coming distant. Yeah. And so, it's like in my backyard. And then I, on Twitter, I was just like, you know, I'll come over. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, awesome. we're, we're going to have like a backyard get together. Um, I think we'll have like probably, I hope not over a hundred founders because that's like mm. destroy my house. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, we're gonna um, founders and tacos. Um, I'll, nice. I'll I'll tweet it out after this, and then okay, um, you have people to come come by here. Yeah, hey, but I did, I did see you might be. I think I saw in one of the conferences you're coming to Mexico. So if you are coming, please, you are coming over as well. So we'll invite you to my yeah. I'll, I'll be in Mexico October 24th to 27th, Mexico City. For um, Founder Summit. So a huge shout out to uh, Tyler Tringas and um, everyone at um, Calm Capital. Yeah, yeah. Awesome place. So hopefully we can meet soon in person. If not this one, then when you're in Mexico. I know, man. Come to San Mateo. <laughs> if, hey, yeah. if, you ever, if you ever fly into the Bay, I do this for a lot of people. Okay. Um, I'll pick you up at SFO and I'll uh, be your Uber driver. I'll take you wherever you need to go. Oh, man. That's so nice of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. If anyone listening in, you guys know Andrew, you know where to check him out, microacquired.com. Uh, if you're looking to buy, sell your company, or just just check out check him out. He's got a lot of cool things and see what's going on in the industry. Uh, any last words, Andrew, before we wrap up? Yeah. If anyone uh, just wants to talk, just uh, uh, dial 911 and uh, they'll, <laughs> they'll direct you straight to me. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, e- email Andrew at microacquired.com. Um, uh, A Gazdecki on Twitter, Andrew Gazdecki on LinkedIn, hmm. and then uh, go to Microwire and uh, check it out. And um, uh, I don't know, shout out to all, all the entrepreneurs out there chasing their dreams. Shout out, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it once again. Good, to, good chatting. Always, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Cheers. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.